Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Kind of Libertarian. I'm Jeff Siegel with the one and only psychedelic athlete, Mike Turpin. Hey. How's it going, buddy? Good. I'm excited to do this. I love uh, having a guest on. I am pumped. Judd Weiss, my man. Judd, I want to tell everyone. Now, I've known Judd for only a couple of years. Um, We met a couple of years ago. I was hosting the very first... um, psychedelics investment conference and judd was kind enough to uh open up his home for us and we had the event at his house and dude his house is fucking sweet it's in bel air california i remember rolling up he had a tesla in the garage and i walked in this beautiful big house these awesome pictures like photographs on the wall of like ron paul like all these awesome libertarians and then he's like yeah i took those pictures i'm like dude you know these guys Mm. it was just a really really cool conversation and we became friends after that um just had a lot in common uh, from just like under like really appreciating the basic fundamentals of libertarianism, um, drugs, which is always a fun topic for us, um, mm-hmm. and just Judd, you know, he's just an all around good guy. Judd, really seriously, thank you for for joining us today. Um, you have a fascinating story, many fascinating stories to tell, and I'm, I'm looking forward to to jumping into those today. Awesome! Thanks, guys, for having me on. Honestly, I like the whole idea about this program. I'd love to be on more often. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. And I'll say at the beginning, Jeff, uh, since he knows you, he'll probably ask you the most questions and I'll don't feel weird if I don't chime in as much, because if we have a guest on, he knows you well. And, and, you know, so just, we want you to talk a good bit and give as much of yourself as, uh, you want. So I might take a back seat for little chunks of time and all that, but, uh, you know, and if he gets quiet, don't worry, he's not like masturbating or anything. He's just listening. That's all. It's all good. <laughs> and if you are, I won't see it. <laughs> We're cool with that. Personal sovereignty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, Mike. Yeah. I, yeah. Cool, brother. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. I, I asked my mom and I don't have a curfew, so I can talk as late as you awesome. You are so lucky, man. You are so lucky. <laughs> so, this is the, one of the coolest things about Judd when I first met him, and I didn't know this before I met him, is he, he um, was on... Uh, libertarian ticket with John McAfee when they were you know trying to figure out who the libertarian candidate was going to be and it was like John McAfee and John Weiss was the VP nominee and I'm an, you know, he was running to, to be the the vice president I was like are you fucking serious not only is that cool like I'm talking to a guy that you know was technically was running to be vice president of the United States and he's a libertarian and he does drugs which I'm like I fucking vote for you just like that, you know <laughs> But he's like, uh, yeah, I ran with John McAfee. And I'm like, that guy to me is like fascinating. He is absolutely fascinating. A little scary. I'm a little freaked out by him. I feel like if I ever met him in person, I'd probably like, I'd be a little nervous. I mean, you know, not not disrespectfully, but just the fact that he's like just so fucking intense. Um, but Judd was telling me some really great stories. And, and Mike, I, I think it'll be great. Just, Judd, if you could just, like, tell us a little bit about your time with, with McAfee. It's just, I, I think it's fascinating. Sure. Yeah, that was fascinating. None of my friends could understand what the fuck they were hearing when they heard that I was his VP running mate when it got announced. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Judd's running with McAfee? How? Nobody even knew I knew the guy. And, in fact, I really didn't. Um, I, I was just, just like you, I thought the guy is super fascinating. He's really interesting. And he's like, um, just, he's just really entertaining. So I always love following whatever crazy shit comes out from him. And, um, I know everybody in the Liberty scene, like you were saying, my photos, um, 
I shoot. I'm an enthusiast photographer. It's more of a, a passion thing for me. It doesn't it's not something that makes me much money, but I've been flown out to shoot all these events because I try to make these nerds look cool, one nerd at a time. And I've got now like fifty thousand Facebook profile photos out there that are mine, and I let people use them for everything, uh, websites, author bios, book jackets, even like they're all over the place. And Tinder, these nerds are getting great <laughs> fights. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and they're sending me like appreciation and I'm like glad because like I want this scene to, to do better. Part of that is to like be able to procreate. <laughs> In any case, um, because my name is literally on tens of thousands of profile photos out there, that's how I got the gig with McAfee. But it, it's, to back up a second, it's also how I know everybody in the Liberty scene. I just, just bring my camera around and then I, I put these albums together and they invited me to all these events. And so we were discussing before we jumped on, started the podcast about all the different factions of libertarians. I'm one of the few that really navigates between all the 17 warring factions of libertarians really well, because I'm just bringing everybody presents. <laughs> and, wow. and I'm just really cool with everybody and I'll work with anybody where we agree even Democrat, I, I mean, I'm in LA, 95% of my crowd is like Bernie Bros in the festival community. So it's, it's not like I'm not used to traveling with around people that don't have complete synchronicity in my views, let alone in the Liberty world. And so I, I, I've really gotten just, I've just gotten a great rep of being cool to everybody. And, um, and I've thrown so many fundraisers and events at my house. So the guy who was running McAfee's campaign reached out to me if we could do a fundraiser for McAfee at my house. I was like, hell the fuck yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to meet the guy. I hadn't even met him, you know? And over the course of discussing it, because um, he's jumping into the Libertarian Party at that time, um, where Gary Johnson's got a lot of credibility, but isn't very dynamic. Uh, McAfee is the opposite. He's extremely dynamic, but he's like new into the party and the scene. He doesn't have that much cred. And then the discussion kind of centered around possibly me running with him, which blew my mind, made me really excited about the possibilities there. And, and then I literally met him at that fundraiser and then it was announced that I'm running with him as a VP. <laughs> at the fundraiser. At the fucking fundraiser, it was announced. <laughs> That's when I met him for the first time. But we already discussed this beforehand, a couple of weeks beforehand. Okay. But that's when I met him. So, so I was kind of like you, just a fan, just this like crazy maniac that I, I was really thought was endearing to me. And basically my job was to reimagine this savage as an art piece. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I got the gig was he thought it would be a really interesting approach to take a more creative approach to the campaign, which is what I brought. So I, I was, I was, you know, because I was just talking about things like, let's do things completely differently. We've got you. There's no reason to be a generic politician. I've got no delusions of the White House. The only thing that the, that the Libertarian Party, I feel, really has to offer is the platform of the presidential ticket. Otherwise, honestly, I think the Libertarian Party is completely useless. Actually, useless would be an improvement. 
that's a different discussion. <laughs> but they have one. That's, that's a long discussion. I, I, it's like it's like where libertarians go to be the monsters that they hate. It's just political, and they're fighting with each other, wasting energy for positions of no power. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> but they have one thing. They have the presidential ticket and the platform that that brings, which is just some attention. And they keep using it to say, we're going to win the presidency, which is delusional because they're not. But they could catch attention and they could move the needle. They could do something of value. And I said, if we're going to do this, let's just stop thinking about becoming president and getting in the White House. Let's just get attention and do something really fucking cool. And let's stop talking to the political junkies because nobody likes them. Nobody likes their sensibilities. They're, they're kind of obnoxious. Let's talk to cooler people. Let's talk to artists. Let's talk to tastemakers. Let's just speak to some more interesting uh, crowd than the political junkies who are just, just really vibing everybody really bad. Right. And uh, that's what I try to do. I just said, um, we're not going to speak into a camera and say our top three issues for these presidential ads. Let's try to create these art pieces. And that's what I did. You've seen those videos that I made. Dude, the, the, um, I was actually pulling up one earlier because I remember it was that, that hate sale. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like, I remember watching that thing, and it's a long piece. Is it like yeah. five minutes long or something? Yeah, it's four and a half minutes. Yeah, and I remember watching it, and I was like, I could watch that as like, um, like a short film almost. You know, it, it was like really, it was really cool. And then you realize you don't even know it's a really a political ad at all. You know, it's just like you, but the, the, but the, um, but the message in it, fucking so on point, so on point. Yeah, it was great, man. Frankly, that is so much more relevant. That particular ad is so much more relevant today than when I made it. And I was looking for, so that's the most aggressive, intense video I ever made. And I was looking at footage back then when people were fighting uh, between the, the Trump and Hillary time. Right. And now the footage that I would have for, if I was to remake that video today, this looks like, that looked intense. And now it looks like pansy stuff compared to like what's happened in the four years since. It's have crazy how much, huh? Have you ever thought about like doing another version of that? No. That was the most <laughs> miserable video I ever made. Just, just like combing through footage of all that animosity Right. and negativity right. i i don't want to do that again to be honest it's just okay. a miserable experience um what, but, what year but what year uh was it was in 2016 look up the hate sale okay Judd Weiss. but here's the thing i made this that there's this uh, first video was uh just called be a libertarian it was uh 60 seconds long or no 90 seconds long and i got criticized for that people were saying that that was inappropriate because it's too long for a political ad it needs to be 30 seconds or 60 at the most so then but it was it was just like it, that one that video was like i had to demonstrate what the fuck i'm doing running with mcafee so i had to show what i'm bringing to the table so basically it's like a really fast slideshow of videos of, of photos that i shot of the liberty movement around the the world actually and I just wanted to create a sense of uh, the, the art piece that is this, uh, this movement. And just, it was just a very simple thing. This might be something cool that you might want to be a part of.
really wasn't much more of a message than that. Mm-hmm. It was just an ad, like join us, not, not here's why we're right. Um, it had one message, which was our slogan, which I came up with while I was stoned, which was let life live. Yeah. That's the entire philosophy of libertarianism condensed in three words. And each word is no more than four letters. That was my goal. Let life live is our message. If you want, we have the source code. You can dive deeper into why that's the the philosophy. We have tons and tons of of thousand page books that you could read, but I don't want to throw a thousand page book at people. I want to throw three words, let life live. That was our message. So I got, I got a lot of interest. Like what the, that was such a different video completely out of bounds. It was like more of a music video. All of them were. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then people were like, that's not a political ad at all. And I was like, exactly. That's what I was trying to do. Um, then I was told that you can't do an ad that's like 90 seconds. It's got to be a political ad. It's like 30, 60 seconds. So the next one I did was three minutes. And uh, that one was the vote different ad. And that was a whole nother level. That one really blew up and got a lot more attention. The vote different ad, um, when, I, when I made that, the first one, the Be a Libertarian ad, I never opened an, a video editing app in my life. I, I just stick with photos. And I, um, I hired an editor and I gave him my photos and I asked him, this is the song I wanna use. I want you to edit it into like this thing. Well, he, the, the selection of the photos is too intimate to me. So I liked his edit, I liked the cut, but then I installed Adobe Premiere for the first time. By the way, it's on, um, it's on Mike is, is, is the video on me or on Mike for like the podcast? Oh, it shuffles. So it'll come from Jeff's recording. So it, it'll be whoever's talking, I believe, in the primary uh, recording. So your, oh, okay. your big photo, like I see you. You're the oh, big okay. thing whenever you're talking. And then if Jeff talks, it goes, when Jeff talks, it goes to him, right? You oh, can okay. also click the, maybe the top and change it if you're, depending on what you're using. Yeah, you I might be able to do it. Okay, well, whatever. Anyway, um, so, uh, the, so I, I gave this to an editor, and I loved what he did, but I installed Adobe Premiere so I could just, uh, just drag and drop my photos into his edit file. And I learned how to use uh, a, a video editing app for the first time. Literally, all I knew was C for cut, V for select, and how to drag and drop photos. I didn't know anything else. And with that knowledge, I started making this other video called Vote Different. And I started, that was the first time I edited anything in my life. It was just my first attempt at just playing with a video editor. And, um, and I was blown away with what I could do. I didn't even know on the timeline that you can use the left and right arrow keys to like move down the timeline. I was like clicking the little buttons and screen <laughs> frame by frame to like edit this thing. It took me two weeks because I just didn't know how to use a video editing app. And that video, I told my team, this is gonna be a whole new level. This is gonna be the best presidential, uh, best political ad anyone's ever seen of all time. I'm so enthused by it, but I need to figure out how to use this video editing app. So give me a, <laughs> <laughs> because I was really in love with the idea. 
and the thing blew up. It was another level. It was a totally different experience. It was kind of like this slow trance with a, a homage to that here's to the crazy ones uh, think different ad by Apple. But I had uh, McAfee say it and, um, and I really wanted to drive home the point of how the people that are different, that are outside the box, are doing something that's really interesting because the status quo is not working for us right now. And I wanted to present it in a really beautiful, engrossing way. So it was just so different from a political ad that anyone's ever seen. And that was the point. I was like, not how do we make McAfee a politician, but how do we use the platform for the Libertarian Party to show somebody a completely different experience outside of this like nastiness? Yeah. Well, how do we find a path outside of what we're doing right now, not how do we copy what we're doing? That was my whole point. And I think that's really um, an underlying narrative uh, for most libertarians is that what is the status quo, just doing things the same, you know, year after year, decade after decade, doesn't, it's not working, you know? And when you talk to people that are very passionate about the liberty movement, that's one thing that kind of comes up over and over again. It's not just saying, you know, we want to change things. Like we're actively like actively doing things to like to make change. So like when you're talking about the way you did your ad, they're like, no, you can't do a 90, 90 second ad. And you're thinking, why? Why yeah. is, is there, is, am I going to have a heart attack if, if I do a 90 second ad? Like what's going to happen if we do something a little different? It can't yeah. be any worse than what we already have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, right now we're useless. So let's do something. Yeah. yeah. Like Nobody's paying attention to libertarians. I, I have I have a question for you. First of all, I want to say you are an unbelievable talker, and it is very interesting to hear you say this. You blew my mind though with your idea because we've talked about on this podcast as far as like what can the Libertarian Party do? What can people do to get their name out there? And and how can they make it happen more quickly? Because I mean, at this pace, you would, you would bet that democracy will fail itself and we'll have to start over before the Libertarian Party could build any steam. I mean, at the pace that it's, it's going. And what you said, like, was just a, about looking for just cool videos, things that people like, likable content, and, and just being kind of, uh, you know, not boring, not not stiffs, not a bunch of unlikable sort of just chalk and saying that and talking about the art and talking about that perspective of it, it really, it really blew my mind. And it, it led me to a question. And I think libertarianism is probably the platform for this. You mentioned how you had uh, had some experience and, and Jeff talks about psychedelics. You guys met through uh, some sort of link like that. And I'm interested in, in psychedelics. Something I've always kind of wondered is how do you feel and do you get a little self-conscious about being in the political uh, spectrum? How do you own the fact that you're in to this sort of alternative nature and, uh, and into this thing that's kind of um, has a stigma that it, that it does? How do you handle trying to get into to that level of politics, that platform, having that history? Is that something you can do proudly? Were you nervous? Oh, yeah, no, no, not at all. In fact, that's like my mission. Um, I'm not, I, with cannabis, with psychedelics, I have literally no interest in trying to remove the stigma. I think that that's why uh, it's, it's a similar thing with libertarians are trying to remove the stigma. I think that that's why all of this is lame. 
you don't apologize for a gift. We're not trying to say that this is neutral and, and bring something from negative to zero. I'm trying to show why this is a beautiful, glorious thing. This is better. Cannabis is better than alcohol. Alcohol is obnoxious. I'm not apologizing for that. Uh, psychedelics is even more deep and more personal to me. Really blew my mind. I don't want it abused as a, as a party drug. I think that's a mess. But, um, but cannabis is a great party uh, thing. It's a ma better replacement for alcohol. And everybody trying to remove the stigma in the industry, in the say cannabis, is basically like trying to sell rice cakes. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> this is not... This is not something that's like just neutral, bland. This is something beautiful. This is, this is something that gets people excited to talk and hang out, share ideas, ramble more, be less like sloppy and arrogant and, and uh, belligerent and vomit and all sorts of negative things that come with alcohol. This is so much better, less bar fights, less everything. Why are we trying to remove the stigma? You don't apologize for a gift. And I have that same attitude about psychedelics, even more so. I, I'm, I'm only cautious about psychedelics because it's a more intense thing and I think it requires a lot more education and I don't actually believe that it's for everybody. Um, but um, I, that's why I was able to run with McAfee and do what I did. I wouldn't have been able to make those art pieces with Gary Johnson at all. I wouldn't have been able to do anything. And if you looked at our campaigns, the three top candidates, it was McAfee, Gary Johnson, and Austin Peterson. Um, we, we, Gary Johnson, well, we look like we're some, um, uh, well, okay. So Gary Johnson looked like some kind of like uh, campaign from the Republican party in the 1850s. Uh, <laughs> Austin Peterson looked like some kind of eight-year-old discovered um, Microsoft Paint. <laughs> And um, we look like we're from the year 3000. So it was just like a totally different fucking thing. And I couldn't have done any of that with everybody who wants to just be generic and be tolerant. Now, like I said to McAfee from the very beginning, I, I, I don't promise I'm going to be on message with you all the time. In fact, I'm pretty sure we're going to be off message quite frequently because I am who I am. I, I believe what I believe. And he didn't have any problem with that. He didn't give a fuck. He, this guy literally doesn't care. <laughs> so I could do whatever I wanted. And I did. He just let me like take the reins. I rallied a bunch. It was just him and this like campaign manager when it started and that guy was like useless we ended up getting rid of him and i brought in a whole bunch of people from the liberty scene and we're like let's do something cool with this and he just kind of like let me take the reins so i was running the campaign essentially uh as soon as i got involved it was pretty crazy i wasn't even expecting that but he didn't care as long as he liked what he was seeing he was just gave me plenty of leeway and this is a guy who doesn't apologize for his psychedelics yeah, or right. anything. In fact, everybody around him, if you meet him, you'll realize pretty much everybody that works with him has a criminal record or, or a prison term in their history. <laughs> and uh, that's surprisingly brilliant because the people around him 
are people that have been like thrown out by most of society. They have hard time uh, getting work or people trusting them. And the everybody around him has so much loyalty to him. He, he he's the, the amount of loyalty with the people in his circle is unbelievable because he you know everybody's got some sort of a cause some people their cause is like saving puppies or something his cause is helping out people that have been fucked over by the system mm -hmm. that's why he married a prostitute that's why you know he feels like me I, i've had my issues and he's he likes seeing people that have been fucked over by the system he supports that that's that's probably an overriding passion with the guy and I massively respect it. You know, so, yeah. I, we recently discovered that prostitute is a, uh, a, a derogatory term. We learned it was, was it full service? I'm so bad at remembering what I'm supposed to say. Prostitutes, we, what's in my head. We know, because we, <laughs> no, interviewed, I know. We, we interviewed I know. April Flores, who's a, a porn star. And, um, and I, we were talking about sex work and, and just like this idea of personal sovereignty and it's your body and you should know, know government or no person should be able to tell you what to do with your own body it was a really fascinating conversation that we had with her and i it was weird i said prostitute a couple of times and i was like i don't need is that the right word and she's like actually some people think it's derogatory we say full service i think she said full service sex worker i'm like okay cool you know um i don't think she cared that i used the word prostitute because yeah, i mean of like i was getting scared about sex work because i don't really know much about it <laughs> I mean, McAfee uses the word, sure. Yeah, now, I just thought it was, I don't, I just immediately thought back to that conversation. I wish you could have been there with her because it was, you know, as someone like you who appreciates, and we see this a lot in Liberty Movement, the idea of personal sovereignty. And she was just like, you know, the embodiment of like all of that. And just I, of what, you know, what did you think that, that libertarianism in general um, kind of probably aligns most with intention when it comes to language would you say that that would like you know depending on the way you feel when you say it or or do you think that that there's much like as far as political corrected nature goes like how far do you take things you think from a libertarian perspective is that something that's touched on much um libertarianism has literally nothing to do with that, that right there, there's libertarians who are like that who are more politically correct there's libertarians who are intentionally not politically correct. <laughs> the whole gamut, just like in normal society. I mean, frankly, the feminists that are really adamant about using certain terms are also uh, really offensive to conservatives in other ways. So everybody has the area where they want people to speak some way and then they're trolling in other ways. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's all over the place. Libertarianism literally has nothing to do with that. Cool. Well, that was a quote about April. She wasn't, she wasn't saying you should say this. I, 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 I asked the question because I didn't know. And she's like, yeah, you know, some people think this. That's one thing I liked about having her on the show too was like, she's definitely the kind of person that, and has um, very strong opinions about sex work, but is not going to be like, this is how you have to see it. She's like, this is how I see it, you know? And my, my thought, my opinion on this is basic, again, based on her thoughts of personal sovereignty. And that was that. I mean, you know, you got intellectuals, you'll have people all over the place. You're going to have libertarians that are going to be triggered by your podcast name. What do you mean, kind of libertarian? You hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you own it. <laughs> why, why are you an abuser? <laughs> Only kind of libertarian? So you're, you're kind of an abuser? 
What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it really depends on who you talk to. Hey, you know, it's interesting. The, that, you know, that, and it's funny when you, we first started talking about this, you're talking about like this warring factions um, in the libertarian movement and, um, and just like this idea of like the liberty movement in general. Over the years, I've seen it, you know, different types of people come into um, to the fold. So I really come, I remember years ago going to a, a uh, I think it was like Students for Liberty conference, and I was talking to this woman, and we were just you know talking, and she said, uh, "How did you get involved with this? And you know, what's your background?" And I said, "Well, I was somewhat politically active when I was in college. Um, I was a I was very I was a Democrat, um, very behind behind a lot of liberal causes." Um, and she's like, "Really?" She's like, "You're the first person I ever met that came from the left that came into the world of libertarianism." And I said, "Well." there's actually a lot of similarities, you know, a lot of things that vibe, some that don't, obviously. Um, it was a really cool conversation about that. But I've seen this, and, and Judd, I don't know what your thoughts on this, but um, there's definitely, I feel like, a lot of people that are far right, conservative, that have almost kind of hijacked the liberty moniker to push an agenda that's really not about liberty. It's more about their version of what liberty is. And to, to give you an example of what I'm talking about, I don't know if you've ever been to the, there's a um, conference called Freedom Fest. And yeah. I've been to it a couple of times. I mean, it was okay. I mean, I was really excited because I, I got to meet Justin Amash at, at one of those events, which was like a highlight for me because I, I really like that guy. Um, but they're doing one this year in South Dakota and Christy Noem, the governor of South Dakota is gonna be there. And she's speaking at this event called Freedom Fest and the voters in South South Dakota said we want to legalize cannabis, and she's like, no. Yeah. That. And that, like, how is that real relative to freedom? And moreover, they're really pushing the whole. Um, uh, what do you, I always forget the um, the name of the monument. Um, Rushmore. What's that? Rushmore. Mount yeah, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. And you know the the interesting thing about Mount Rushmore is, you know that, like basically the U.S. government when it went in and vandalize their property. I mean, that's, that's really the, the gist of it. But they, they, they're kind of like doing this whole like nationalistic, you know, uh, we're America, this is Mount Rushmore and everything. And I just wonder, is, is anyone gonna stand up and say anything? Not even to like start trouble, but just to invoke a conversation. Was that a liberty-minded thing to do to steal someone's property and vandalize it? Is it a liberty-minded thing to do to um, not honor the will of the voters when that's your fucking job. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the, uh, that is a common thing among libertarians. I came from the left like you. My arch nemesis were social conservatives. I always thought that they were just too controlling and like they were the, the, the big problem. And now I feel like the moral busybodies are really on the left now. It's yeah. completely shift. And I'm, I'm almost surprised. Like, I thought you guys were all really fucking cool. And, <laughs> and wow, I feel like you guys are the tyrants of the day. But the liber libertarians come from all sorts of different stripes and they're, they're adopting it from different perspectives. And just like you have your issues that matter to you that you feel liberty is important to, 
people are coming from different perspectives. Like I'm completely not, I'm not pro-choice. I'm pro-abortion. I think it's a good thing and I support people having more of it. Right. I, I think that it helps society and helps a lot of lives. I, I, I'm totally supportive of that. I even say that on the campaign trail. I don't give any fucks about that. Right. But there's a lot of pro-life libertarians and they're my friends too. And I could say, how are you? You know, I could, I could, I don't want to fight with them. I could, um, as far as like Mount Rushmore, you're going to see anarchists at Freedom Fest protest that for sure. Uh, because they're, they're, they they do. And a Freedom Fest is the largest Liberty Conference. It's like 3,000 people that come out to that. Um, I don't know. Liberty, I mean, because I feel like when I went to it, it seemed more of like a conservative Republican fest with a couple of libertarians thrown in. Well, no, it's like it's mostly stodgy old people that came from an investor conference background. Yeah, trying to buy gold coins and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it used to be a gold conference. Um, so they still have that freedom and gold song, which is terrible. I hate that they sing that at the the banquet. It's really painful. But they, um, they're like stodgy old guys, and they want to like reimagine that thing a little bit more youthful. But there's a place for everything. Um. At that conference of 3,000 people, I still have hundreds of people that I meet and know that are fucking awesome. I have more than ample people to hang out with. I'm good with, with like 10. There's hundreds there that are cool. And even if that's like 5%, 5% of 3,000 people is great. I'm good with it, you know? So it just rubs me the wrong way a little bit because I know there's gonna be different types of people there, but when you're basically your keynote person, to me as a, a person who is the embodies the the opposite of liberty it's like come on guys you can do yeah that. well see like that's the thing maybe she's kind of libertarian but just not not coming up from from the perspective you are maybe she's got some libertarian inclinations and failures basically i believe in let life live so i i i'm hardcore about it i really i really do live that way and believe that um, and the more people will adopt it from different perspectives, the better. So I, I, I see so many purists shoving people out because they're not perfect in certain ways and this or that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like trying to be inclusive, come in and then adopt that let life live philosophy more fully. I feel like Christy Nome is the reason why she's being invited is because she does have that philosophy on so many areas. So she is kind of libertarian, but not the kind of libertarian that you are and not the kind of libertarian that others are. That's interesting that, that see, I guess it's, I, I'm not as, I, I try, I think as I've gotten older, I've definitely been, been um, more open to other ideas and I've been a lot less aggressive. Um, but it's pretty interesting that, you know, you're, you're uh, a much far more evolved than I am because like, I just, I, I guess there's just certain things that trigger me. And I guess like the cannabis thing is a big one for me. Well, I'm, I have a cannabis brand and, and I'm in a psychedelic. So obviously I have a very strong defensive opinion with, with her on that. Yeah. But I also do with 95% of my crowd in LA that come to my events yeah. that I, I offer drinks and food to at my house. I don't agree with them on a lot more things. And they realize that I'm not problematic. I have libertarian speakers at my house all the time. They come and I tell people, you don't have to agree with anything, but you'll hear a different perspective. Mm. And they come. And then I, I broke through this, the idea that you can't have a political discussion at a hot party. 
because I've definitely done that many, many times. I've just been really chill about it. So that attitude that you're saying is something I'm very familiar with in the scene. People are constantly finding where they disagree and saying they're not a real libertarian, they're not this. Mm -hmm. And that's true. I don't care. I don't really give a shit about labels. Are you adopting more of the let life live philosophy? And if you're not adopting that fully, in the areas where you are adopting it, can I work with you to increase that uh, being a more pervasive reality for, for, for us to live under? How do you do but that? I think, I think that's the case. That is the case with Christy Nome. So I think that is even the case with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We can find agreements, even, yeah, even yeah. How, how much I disagree with her on so many things. I can find ways where, where we, we agree. Even if we only agree on 2% of things, I'm okay with working with somebody uh, in the areas where we agree, let alone fighting with people that I agree with 98%. Mm -hmm. I, I, how do you do that, though? I mean, I guess, for, I guess when I think about that, sometimes for me it's also intention. Like, what are your intentions? You know, I think that there are definitely people, um, politicians who, like, I don't agree with, like you said, on 90, maybe 98% of things. Um, but what bothers me is not the level of agreement, it's intention. So what is your intention? Is your intention to, you know, do a job where you are trying to um, really, like they said, support and defend the Constitution? And, you know, or is your job, I'm going to say this because I know a bunch of people, there's 60% of these people vote for me if I say, no, I, I'm against weed because all these old people that are going to vote next year hate weed. That's yeah, I mean, I really don't like uh, politicians. They mostly stick their thumb in the air and they feel the political current and then they say that. I mean, that's why you see Romney flip-flopping all over the place and a ton of the other politicians doing that. I, I have no interest with them. But if they're going to promote something that I support, I'm cool in that realm. Right. At, the, at that moment in time. Um, I guess it's partly, there's this big conflict in the movement, in any movement, of being a movement or a membership club. And it's like, do we accept these kind of people? in our club or do we accept them in our movement? So like, for example, there's people that I won't allow in my house, but I'm glad that they're working together with me on a cause. Like for example, I'm friends with Adam Kokesh. He speaks to like the trailer park crowd of the yeah. libertarian universe. Like somebody should speak to the um, um, uh, insane clown posse crew. I'm not going to, I, I, I really, like, I detest that whole crowd. I will not speak to them. I'm not a com good communicator with them. I'm also not a good communicator with the hardcore feminist crowd. Ovens can, they hate every single micro gesture that I make. I can't communicate with these guys. So I'm not the salesman to them, but I'm totally cool with other people doing that. And, and so it's like, are we a membership club or are we a movement? Because you can't quite be both. A movement works with people from like different cliques, different clubs. They, they kind of get together, but they're not from the same club. They're not, they don't really associate with each other and they're probably never going to. And that's totally okay. They can work together with where they agree. So if, let me give you an example. 
I, I, I'm, I'm ethnically Jewish, I'm not religious, but I'll work with a hardcore anti-Semite racist in my house, break bread, I'd, I'd totally welcome them in my home. If they, they don't harm me or harm my property, they'll probably leave feeling a little bit more comfortable about the Jews that they thought they hated. Yeah. That's more my vibe. We've actually, we've had this conversation a couple of times, because if you remember, Jeff, I said I would have a conversation with you if you were a rapist. You know, remember like half joking, obviously. But, and, and we've brought up a question. I always like wonder, you know, what, what makes somebody go the path of say, like being like a white separatist, neo-Nazi, all that kind of stuff. And I've wondered how I would handle a conversation with them. And part of me feels like because I am a white male, it's kind of like my role to like separate myself from them to, to an extent and like be clear where our differences are and what I think, um, just kind of in a weird, bizarrely, we're similar but not competitive sort of nature, kind of like how you're sensitive to people your own age versus big age gaps. You'll let people be a little bit different socially than you are. So like my, what that makes me wonder when you're talking like this, I, I guess you kind of just answered is there's really no, there's no like lines that you draw you kind of just judge everything individually there and, and it's almost like you would let somebody who is a racist recycle on a recycling retreat or, or maybe recycling is not the right word, pick up trash or do something that's distinctly positive and, and an honest conversation is just that. Um, I don't know if you have much to say on that, but my, my main question that I wanted to get to as well was that you, know, you bring up this, this, this slogan that you had, but would you mind unpacking it a little bit and maybe giving a little insight on something we've discussed, which is what unifies libertarians? So like, let life uh, live, um, what, what and, and we say there are these differences. So there's, yes, you see uh, the world through a libertarian perspective, but due to who you are, the way your brain works, your history, your, your subjective nature, you're gonna see it different than Jeff, than, than Mike, than Judd, than, than all of us. You can see it through a feminist perspective. You can see it through all sorts of different perspectives. You can see libertarianism, but what unifies everybody uh, in addition to this four, four uh, you know, three words, four letter words, you know, what, what unifies everybody who, who is in this group? Is there more that you can say on that? Yeah. So look, for example, kind of getting to that point you were just saying, a racist isn't some different species. They're just somebody with different ideas. Uh, somebody who's a socialist or a capitalist, they're not, they're not different kinds of humans. The, idea, the point is that ideas are not people. People are not ideas. We all have views right now that we didn't before. And some of our views that we have right now may change in the future. We are vessels for ideas. So I, I try to go away from your ideas define your identity. Your ideas are the ideas that you currently hold. This is what you believe. But you're not like some certain species that I can't associate with. You're a human with that, with, with, with that understanding at the moment. That can change. Whether it's worth it for me to put in energy to change that, maybe not. I only have so much energy, uh, a certain amount of energy, and so does everybody else. But um, that, that's why I'm more inclusive with people that I disagree with. Uh, the let life live philosophy is just, is just simply that. Um, do whatever you wanna do, as long as you don't hurt anybody. 
um, your life is yours. And, and I think that right now, the, the message I was getting across in the hate sale, or just the message in general is, every four years, we're fighting over who has the reins on the nooses around our necks. And, um, and wouldn't it be just better instead of we keep fighting over that because we have to, we just drop the ropes. That's the idea behind liberty. We can live amongst each other so much better if we didn't have to fight with each other for those reins. We, right now we think we have to control the government so we can control those assholes because they are going to fight for control over us. That's completely legitimate. They have a good reason to fight, but the, the reason that they are fighting is because of the Iron Throne, because of the uh, Ring of Power from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> My idea is to like throw that Ring of Power in the Pit of Mordor and burn the Iron Throne. And that's the problem here, is that the, the real problem here is force and controlling each other and removing that ability to control our neighbors allows us to not have to fear their control of us. We can live so much better that way. That's what let life live is about. Have, mm -hmm. have you always been, because you just seem very like, uh, what's the word? You, you're, you're very like uh, easy, I'm trying to think of the right word. Zen or something? Well, it's just like you're very laid back. Like it's, it, you don't, you don't, do you ever get angry? I mean, you don't, you don't seem to like, lash out you don't you seem to like things come to you and, and like you said like a rate like like a white supremacist could come to you and you're like yeah you come to my house we'll talk about stuff and you're so chill about that like have you always is that you appropriate that, or is you that seem like you're appropriate the word i i think of is like appropriate you know yeah well cool i i'd like to believe that's appropriate i, I like i think it is more appropriate i hope more people do that I think the world will calm down a little bit if we stop treating people's ideas as their entities and we treat them like they are, their identity is separate and their ideas just happen to be what, what they are just a vessel for those ideas and that can change. And um, I, I, I've just, I have so much experience traversing so many different um, scenes with different ideas I've gotten people interested in the ideas because they think I'm doing some cool stuff and they like what I'm about and they and they like that simple message of let life live. And the basically the idea is that um, if you don't believe in let life live, you're you believe. I mean, now that kind of puts people on the defensive to justify anything different. Is I'm. It's not about um, limited government. The purpose of that is not a, like my goal is not limited government. That's a means, that's a tool to less limited people. That's my goal. I'm trying to remove limits by, for people. That's actually a deeper topic about psychedelics. Psychedelics is re are removing people's limits and limitations and it's really amazing blowing people's minds but that's very much what i'm trying to do in the political realm i'm just trying to remove limits for people so that they are unleashed to live however they want peacefully peacefully is the only limitation that i have there i think i'm very inspired by what you're saying right now actually because i almost i feel like 
that's a good, I mean, for me anyway, it's a, it's a good lesson for me. I think I need to be more mindful of that, of like you said, people are not ideas and ideas are not people. It's, we're still people. I mean, it, I, I need a mechanism in my brain because, you know, I, for, I, I grew up before I, before I discovered uh, drugs, before I discovered drugs, uh, you know, I had some very serious anger issues, um, which are not good things to have when you live in Baltimore and you're not a very tough, you know, white, if you're a white kid, it's not very tough and you're driving through the city and you have a, you decide to have a road rage incident, which happened to me many times when I was younger. I can't believe I'm still alive considering that. Um, but that's a really, really good point, man. It's just like, even thinking about Christy Noem, it's like, man, like I get so fucking angry when I see her talking about cannabis, but it's like, wait a minute, I might need to step back. It's like, I think her intentions are not honorable in this case, but does that mean I could not have a, a rational conversation with her? Does that mean I cannot talk to her as a human, as a person, as opposed to uh, an enemy? I mean, I mean more enemies absolutely life. you could. There's so much synchronicity that you have with her, even though you feel revolt, re revolted by her. I had Tulsi Gabbard speak at my house. I had an event for her soon after your event that, that we had. And she's awesome. She's really cool. And we disagree on probably 50% of things pretty strongly on, on pretty much anything on economics. Like I'm, I'm not on the same page with her at all. Okay. But on so much, I am. And I thought she's fascinating. I'm, she's really cool with me now. And, uh, um, and I really like that I could work together with her in the areas that we do agree. I probably have more in common with Christy Nome than I do with uh, Tulsi Gabbard. And Tulsi Gabbard is, is against the war on drugs, full stop. Yeah. She's not just like legalized uh, marijuana. She's like, no war on drugs. Right. So she's awesome in that respect. Christy Nome is not. But there's so much about Christy Nome that I think is pretty badass. That I, I'm really impressed with her. She's really strong and she's held up uh, really well with a, with a pretty good understanding of liberty and, and that idea of let life live in her state. I'm, I'm really impressed with her in so many ways. I'm really disappointed with her also on, uh, on drug legalization and the drug war. Sadly, that's kind of the world I live in. All my, all my favorite artists and musicians, I really love their music. But once they start talking about politics, I'm a bit disappointed. But I still am inspired by them regardless. Dude, we, we, have, to, we have to have you on again, man. Because there's so much I want to ask you and talk to you about more from just the liberty movement. But also just like we were talking about psychedelics and really like dive deep into that, that rabbit hole of psychedelics. Because I think they're... There's a there's a certain level of, um, of of freedom that comes with understanding these molecules and what they can do. And I agree with you too that I don't think everybody is psychedelics for everybody. And I would go I've gone further in articles where I've been criticized for saying because a lot of people that are really pro legal or pro decriminalization of psychedelics will say, oh, they're you know they're um, they're not dangerous. Well, yeah, they are, man. Like if you don't know what you're doing. And you've never, you know, had, you know, you've never done DMT before and someone gives you a shit ton of DMT and you freak the fuck out. That's not good. Or someone says, here, have some fucking mushrooms and you take fucking 20 grams and you fucking <laughs> know. That, that's yeah. very, very dangerous. And I think yeah. there, 
with, with the movement to decriminalize drugs, we also have to understand there's a responsibility that comes with that to not trivialize the fact that, yes, in the wrong hands, they can be dangerous. You know what scares me is I throw a lot of events and I've started doing these cannabis only events, no alcohol, and over 200 people parties at my house. And people are saying that's going to be a mistake. And it's so much better. It's just much better vibe, man. Everybody's rambling, talking, socializing, and nobody's vomiting, fighting, right. no mess. It's just so much better. But I'm terrified of people doing that with uh, psychedelics. Because psychedelics, I, I just don't need a whole like party of people crying and freaking out and who the fuck knows <laughs> psychedelics is like lifting the rug and you'll see like dirt and bugs underneath and it's not it's it's something that you've got to do so intentionally and i know it's going to be abused i know we're going to have problems uh, i i'm just bracing myself for it there's nothing we can do to stop that but I'm not going to, like, yeah. that, that, that's something I'm afraid of. It's only a party if you combine it with the other right drugs. No, 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 I'm half joking. But I mean, I'm, I'm a veteran. I, I've had so many bad trips myself over the years. I've been doing this since high school. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of bad trips because I'm a guy that I'll jump down rabbit holes and I'll find a lot of bad rabbit holes that I jump down, but I'll find amazing rabbit holes and I'll show people, hey, check this shit out. So I have no fear of that. I'm that kind of, a, I like to be an explorer, um, in, including in the psychedelic world. But I don't recommend that behavior to most people. It's just, that's just me. And there is a case, there are cases of massive uh, psychedelic events that are successful, like Burning Man. <laughs> you have like 50,000 people on psychedelics. It, it's... It's just, they've created a really great safe space for them to do, be crazy and free and way outside the bounds. It's possible. I really, but that's only for people that are willing, that's not normal for people to drive all the way out in the fucking desert like that and like camp and build. They've self-selected. Their border wall is the difficulty of getting out there. uh, (laughs) That's the tough part. (laughs) I can't just do that at events. I don't, I don't recommend it. I'm a veteran. I can socialize on psychedelics. My photography is even better on psychedelics. I'm good with it, but I really don't recommend that for novices. And I'm afraid that's going to happen. And it's always mm-hmm. interesting to me that what people like, because honestly, for the most part, I want to be left alone. You know, if I take some mushrooms, I basically just want to hang out in my backyard near the trees. Like, that's all I really want to do. Like, I don't really want to be around people unless it's somebody I'm really close to. And if I'm around them, like, I don't want them to like be around, like we can be in the same room, but like, don't talk to me. Like when I'm doing this, you know, it's kind of like going to a concert, you know, I'll go to a concert with you, but if you fucking keep talking to me while the band is playing, I'm going to be really annoyed. (laughs) I'm like, let me enjoy this. (laughs) Yeah. People are pulling people out of their trip all the time and they start describing their experience, which is like not at all with the the experience somebody else is having. Yeah. And they're pulling people out of the trip and like, I, I tell people on DMT, I have a DMT pen and I love it. I'll share it with people, but I always give them their space and I don't want anything to distract and pull them out of that experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We got to have this. Okay. Listen, I know that, that we got to go, but, um, and I know that you're busy, but dude, like, let's try to like, I don't know how your schedule is 
next month. But if you have time, I'd love to like get deeper into this, maybe have a little longer conversation, again, particularly about the psychedelics uh, part of this, because I think you're, you're very knowledgeable on that and you have a lot of experience in that world. And I know Mike does too. And I would like to just sit and listen to you guys talk about it because I think I could learn something from that. So just let me know if you're, if you're down, you know, let me know what your schedule looks like and, and we'll definitely accommodate it. Cause um, dude, this is yeah. going to be, this conversation is going going really, really well. And I, I, I'm bummed that we have to end it, but you know, I know Mike's got place to be, I gotta, I gotta go home. Um, and I know you have things to do too. So, um, yeah, dude, just like hit me up and let me know like when you have time and we could, I, I, I'm down. Yeah. Let's do this more frequently. I'd be down for once a month, whatever you like. Uh, I, I love 100%. You guys are both super fucking cool. You know, if we Thank made you. this a more regular thing, I, I would love that. Well, Mike's okay. He's all right. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love that, dude. I would love to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. And lengthier conversation. There's no literal time limit. It's just tonight that's how it worked out. So if, if, if time allows, we should really go in deep because sometimes this is like the time when stuff just, momentum just starts going. So we can really take it some cool places. I, I'm excited. I was just rushing around today doing a whole bunch of shit. I just got back from FedEx and doing errands. I'm not even like clean and ready to like be on a podcast or anything but fuck it this this is awesome and i'm down for this I think mike and i look pretty, particularly well groomed at the moment yeah. <laughs> I, I work at a 9 30 this morning i still haven't showered thank god you can't smell me right now <laughs> fucking horrible <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. well this is great we're gonna do this again judd thank you so much for joining us um and until next time everybody be well and be free thank you thanks guys